This podcast is presented by Rabbi Peretz Muchkin, speaking to the millennial generation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of the Rabbi Peretz podcast. Um, we all know what's going on uh, with the war between Russia and Ukraine. And I thought it was very important to bring somebody on who has a first degree connection to what's going on so we can, uh, myself included, can talk a little bit real about what's happening. Welcome, Alona. Uh, you're not only from Ukraine, your family's there, your husband's from Ukraine, your husband's family's there. Uh, how are you? Uh, so today, as I've mentioned before the recording, we are uh, at least me and my friends are experiencing the wave of hope and humor uh, because the first days were really tough. It was the wave of horror and shock and just uh, shaking, basically uh, going through all of the stages of denial and uh, grief and uh, whatever fears would pop up in our heads. Um, But it's been like, as they say, uh, I think on Sunday someone posted, I don't know which day of the week it is, but I know that this is the day four. So the countdown started from the uh, moment uh, when we all found out about the fact that the bombing started. And as much as we were preparing for maybe something will start, no one could in their wildest imagination uh, imagine that it's going to be so rapid and so so much everywhere. And my family is in Eastern Ukraine. My sister is in Eastern Ukraine in the city of Kharkiv that get in one of the biggest wave of bombings and uh, they are hitting residential areas, which is the scariest part. Kharkiv Uh, is like the closest part to Russia itself. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. It's almost like sticks out uh, to Russia and there's uh, I think Russia from the top and then from the bottom, it's from, I mean, from the north and from the south, it's uh, the Lugansk or Donetsk uh, National Republics. Well, my family, uh, part of my family is from Kharkov. My, uh, my, my grandmother's mother was born there and lived there. And recently, uh, one of my cousins was talking to her sister and she's like, you know, I'm just like, although I barely remembered I was a little child, the last time there were bombs in Kharkov, I was there. And so I'm sure there's a lot of people who are like, maybe the geography they don't get so well, but Ukraine is, is right there. And, and, uh, and, and Russia taking over, you would think like, oh, it was former Russia. They have a totally independent, like, like attitude mindset. And, and, and I'm very curious, like what, if you could tell me a little bit, like, what is that like mindset? Like what is Ukrainian versus Russian? Like, what can people know about that? I think um, there's always, and I've been to Russia many times, I have friends, I have family in Russia, and uh, it's hard to say very specifically in a peaceful time, but right now I can tell you in these times that um, Ukrainians are more funny, like they, Mm. they would have, they perceive reality with more kindness and humor that's my personal experience right now and what i see in the media and everywhere uh, they go from the heart way more than from the position of power or entitlement one of the things that uh, separates and i think we were going through those uh, thoughts and philosophies when we were uh, experiencing the crimea annexation and all of the separatist movements in the eastern Ukraine, 
because we didn't draw that line. We didn't need to. It wasn't a thing. Why would we do it? Our artists and our singers would go to Russia, perform there. Uh, theirs will come to us. It was like a common media space until we had to draw that line. And so once we had to, I think one of the things that stood out was, and in Ukraine, th there are people who do want to be a part of Russia. I think you don't see them right now, but I think they still are there. Um, but I think the mentality of those people is more authoritarian. They want someone to guide them. They want uh, a strong leader and not just like in terms of regular leadership, they want an owner and a master in a way. Wow. So um, they are more conservative. They're more um, kind of hi hierarchical, uh, I want to say. And Ukraine is more meritocracy, democracy, humor, and uh, it's way more self-reliant. Like what we see right now, so many volunteer groups are uh, just created out of people who are whatever profession, office workers, anyone, um, homeless people are helping with like gathering the bottles for the Molotov cocktails. It's just like wow. everyone contributes in their own way and they do so with a lot of heart and humor. I mean, we get the feeling from what we're reading here in the news that the majority of Ukrainians have stepped up as like, we don't want this and we're going yes. to support our president in fighting back because that, that's that's an impression I get. What's it like for your sister in Kharkov? I mean, so I, my I, sister, I can't, I I can't even say... imagine. By the way, I just want to my heart goes out to you. I can't even imagine having a sibling in Montreal yeah. and, and and America would be bombing Montreal and I'm here. You yeah, know what I mean? No, like, like I'm saying, like it's, it, 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 it's mind boggling. Yeah. Uh, I mean, first reaction for like when it was happening in the process, it was like all shaking and like you couldn't even like type on the phone because you were like, what's going on? But I have to say my sister, it, she's a little bit more uh, exception from the rules, but um, she's very optimistic and uh, she tries to she, she says she dissolves fear in love so she's basically the bombs are exploding all around Kharkov she can hear them but she meditates and she like the latest thing that she told me is that um, she imagined a star of David for all of us and like for the family and that's like she does the visualization and then she imagines star of David and then she's like, I started Googling because uh, we don't know much about, um, I mean, I know uh, a lot about Judaism right now, but as you know, I've, uh, I haven't been that way all my life. So uh, she's still like, she doesn't know much, but she saw this symbol and she Googled it. And it's like, she's like, oh, it makes perfect sense because it's a shield of David. It's not just star of David. It's a shield. So right. yeah, Ukraine is very... Yeah. Ukraine is very much in a shielding uh, mentality right now. We're in protection mode. And I guess that gives us strength because we know what we are um, protecting and caring for. And uh, that, that, because I also have a lot of Russian friends who do not approve this war and who go crazy and who 
are really, really ashamed or just upset or they want to um, break all the ties with Russia as it is right now. And for them, it's like they are in a way more depressed state comparing to Ukrainians who have all this exhilaration and pride of what's happening in their country. That's such a powerful like thing to think about like that the people in Russia are left with a just as depressive and yet Ukraine is like well at least we're fighting for something and in Russia they yeah. they may not they may not feel like they there's what to fight for definitely not in the moment like it's I, I mean I don't want to talk right now about Russia and what they could do I think that's a different conversation but um I, I I've been I, I haven't been able to get it out of my head you guys have a Jewish uh, president What is that like? What does that feel like in this time? Like, I don't know why it wasn't like front and center on my radar till now. Uh, Maybe I should do some more research. Why? But (laughs) I I will just say in the moment, there's some type of like, whoa, like these, it feels like these are my people type of experience. And so what's it like having a a Jewish president and, and at this time? Uh, So I can tell you like from my personal experience that it didn't matter much until also these times because him being Jewish is one of the biggest things that's being used by people who are arguing with Russians. That one of the main problems of uh, what's happening right now it's information war, and uh, a lot of people in Russia still believe that uh, a lot of them still believe that this is a mission to save uh, Russian-speaking Ukrainians from neo-Nazis or from fascists. Um, And that's like all this illusion created by uh, Putin and his propaganda. And so when some of them are like, and some people are still hopeful to convince their relatives, their their friends on the other side of the border that what they've been fed in terms of information is not true. And it was fine until they started bombing us. So right now, a lot of people take it as like a personal mission to um, build a dialogue with all of the people who are still maybe are asking questions and are wondering. And one of the things they say, like our president is Jewish, Israel is sending us support. Do you think they would do it for neo-Nazis, for Nazis, for fascists? Like, how do you match up these things? So I think that him being Jewish is, very much showing that we are not Nazis. <laughs> like uh, he's not leading a nation of Nazis. That's the main wow. thing where it reflects itself. That's that is like it's a very. I'm, I'm getting chills with that because it's like there's like a whole country that. I mean, we're not whitewashing the history. There was some very difficult. Uh, anybody could look at Bobby Yar. They'll know, but. But the but the reality is, is that when you have a Russian um, uh, former Soviet Union family, that's really Ukrainian because that's really where they're from. And then and and they have the Jewishness and and they're leading like it brings a lot of healing to a lot of people in the society are like, look, this is this is way beyond what you wanted to pigeonhole us to be. So that's that's really what I was thinking the whole weekend, the whole Shabbos. I couldn't get it out of my head. I was like, and there's a Jewish president trying to deal with this like what what does this mean and there's articles about it i I suggest people like realize that this is way more closer to home than they think than they think it is and that's that's really what i'm getting from you like this is like a really like society trying to like 
also find their identity at the same time. It's like they're, tell me if I'm wrong, is Ukraine like really like this, because the feeling I get is that they're struggling between like losing the country and also finding their identity at the same time. Like they're right in between both on a national stage. I'm sure at home it doesn't feel that way, but for us, it sort of seems that way. I think uh, the image that comes to my mind is like, you know, I there is like this material, I couldn't find it quickly, but when you hit it, it becomes like really strong. Hmm. Like it might be like uh, this uh, uh, very unformed entity that's like, whatever, it's like chilling. And then if you hit it, it becomes like really strong. Like it becomes really hard. You can't uh, hit it as uh, like, it seems like it's very uh, soft, but it's when, only when you hit it, it becomes uh, together and hard. So that's what I'm thinking because I can tell you even before this whole thing started, I was talking to my friend in New York and she also moved from Ukraine. And I'm like, what's your take on this? Should we start alarming our families more to get out of there? Because the news were very, very... Uh, gloom right and like we were thinking what what do we need to do how do we need to act uh, to prevent for our families to go through what they're going through right now and she told me you know what I don't associate myself with the country so much 73% of my uh, fellow Ukrainians voted for a comedian who doesn't have any experience in leading a country and who played a president on TV. And I don't feel so much for them. I care for my family. I don't feel so much for them. But the moment the news broke, the moment that they started bombing and her family, she was like guiding her family through from the East to the West, uh, helping them, finding people to host them along the way uh, as they were fleeing in the middle of the night, basically. Uh, and so right now she is one of the most active people who supports the president wholeheartedly because the president also showed so much courage, so much charisma, so much leadership in these tough times. And she collects the money to like buy diapers, baby formula and medication for the babies and uh, she also organizes it for like delivery in Poland and then her friends in Poland bring it to the border and her friends in Ukraine pick it up and distribute it across different cities in Ukraine to help wow. with this. And she's just like a very small, tiny example of so much effort of so many Ukrainians and their friends and communities where they are stepping up and uh, uniting against this thing. Even like a day before they might've been I don't associate myself with this country as much. I moved to New York. I wow. don't care for their fate so much. Wow. For, first of all, blown away. Um, I just uh, presidentially, you don't need my comments, but you know, I, I only tuned into him in the last week and I thought he, he looked so humble and so courageous and just like, I need to do what I have to do. And it's like, you know, I fantasize about that leadership and life. So, so wow. I, I just seeing that. Um, speaking of giving of of your friends here doing that, like what are some of the meaningful places that you, uh, you that you would recommend people to give towards? Like I see people online, there's general uh, give to Ukraine, but like is there something 
are there are there more specific things that you know about that you find are very meaningful if somebody wanted to give? Yeah, so my um, I prefer to give to smaller groups where I know that my personal friends are doing this and their like very close friends are handling the delivery because I think uh, I don't imagine that there would be some uh, misplacement of funds of the resources that you can find online. Uh, some people, so I think uh, savelife.ua uh, or something is um, donating to the army because there, it takes time if like even countries that are sending huge uh, grants to Ukraine, it takes a lot of time to process that money. So whatever is sent by individuals directly to save life that goes to the needs of Ukrainian army who is uh, like on the front lines protecting. So in other um, words, in other words, the national money does is helping. It's not like that. It's not going nowhere. It's, what are some of like yeah. the smaller things, like what your friend's doing that are available? So the smaller thing, I have Venmo of my friend and those people who don't have Venmo, I give them, I post on Instagram and I give them my uh, PayPal or my Zelle and we can, uh, I can send you on, on all the links. You can post them as a, um, just like as a reference, but also most of the Ukrainians are switched to the volunteering and raising money mode right now. So if you have a Ukrainian friend and you want to donate to some something meaningful, like some people connect to donating to the pet uh, relief service, some people connect to the donating to babies, some people to old people who are uh, in trouble. Also, one of the great organizations is uh, Tikva uh, in Odessa. It's an orphanage in Odessa. I heard about that. They just, yeah. just they had to move the whole entire orphanage to to Moldova. I would yeah, think. it was like they were traveling across Ukraine by buses and it, it also like crazy. So to me, it was meaningful to donate there. And I think every person should uh, find something that would make them happy to donate to that cause. And there's yeah. like plenty of those resources. Yeah, there are like 200 Chabad couples working as rabbis in Ukraine, rabbi couples, and many of them, the ones in Kharkov, the ones in Dnepr, the ones in, you know, Chern in, in Chernovitz, and in, uh, they're, they're just really all all hosting people in their basements. And just, it's, it's, it's really, you, you don't have to, if you want to give, I think what we're saying is you won't have to search too much. Just open your heart a little bit. Uh, what about yeah. like spir spiritually? What's meaningful for you to hear as far as like um, you having family and your husband having family and you being from there? Like what's something meaningful to for us to do? Because I know as Jews, we don't just believe in the giving part of tzedakah. We also believe in like opening yourself up to more spirituality, to more acts of goodness and kindness. A big call of the Chabad Rebbe was always acts of goodness and kindness change the world because essentially you're, you're changing yourself. And when you change yourself, a bit of the world gets changed for the better. So it's such an important thing to do. What would the, what type of mitzvah, what thing stands out to you that's like meaningful or have you, uh, I'm not to put you on the spot. Is there something you've done that you think has really like uh, brought you some love and, uh, and, uh, and uh, optimism? So I ask all of my Jewish friends who reach out, I ask them to pray and uh, to keep uh, everyone in Ukraine keeping their minds and hearts. And uh, I believe in the power of prayer because um, right now, thank God, my uh, friends and family are 
not comfortable, but they are healthy and alive. That's like uh, the criteria for success is very simple right now. So um, I think it, it does feel like some of the things are um, like I woke up today in the middle of the night and there was uh, a news about tanks right uh, next to like trying to enter my hometown, the small hometown of Energadar. Uh, but it's a small town. I think it's like 100,000 people. Maybe I don't I don't know the latest numbers, but it's, it's a really small town. And but it is situated right by the nuclear power plant. And one of the scares of, um, like in my personal story, it would be really scary to get tanks there because it's gonna be way worse than Chernobyl. It's a bigger power nuclear power plant than Chernobyl. So for me, it was like, please not like, because my parents are there and because this uh, catastrophe could happen if they foolishly, uh, try bombing this specific town. So today I woke up to the news that they tried to enter and then I hear my classmates voice where they're standing on the barricades and they are basically blocking entrance to the town and the tanks turn around and um, just like drive away. I don't know how the tank, do the tanks drive or they ride? <laughs> but they basically, the tanks turn around and went away. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's partially due to, or maybe fully due to the prayers of everyone who is just like, it's just like, it's a miraculous thing. And uh, I just ask people to keep praying for that. And my sister talks about um, bringing more light. And I remembered your words about the fact that when there's so much darkness around lighting, a little bit like light and one light is uh, breaking through so much darkness and it doesn't work the opposite way. So I guess the mitzvah of light and candles and whatever is associated with light and kindness, whatever mitzvah you think that is, then do that and keep Ukraine in your prayers. Um, that's, uh, that's wild. I just can't even, you're hearing your friends, you know, standing, trying to deter tanks. Uh, takes yeah, a and it's prayer. like, international Twitter news. And I'm like, listening to my friend's uh, classmates voice, wow. telling that the tanks are approaching and that they are turning around. Wow. Well, um, the prayer that comes to mind is to, to say Psalms, you know, to heal him is just, just uh, Jewish people have been saying that for thousands of years. So when you say it, you're like bonding with ancestors and generations that, that, found a way to survive and persevere in the face of very, very, very challenging moments. And uh, I just want you to know, Alona, we're here for you. We love you. And uh, we're thinking about your family. And I think it took a day or so for the people here in America to realize that this was somewhat as ex existential, that there's a yeah. country of people standing literally with, with, I don't know, sticks, you know, but like really undermanned. And they're just like trying to ward off tanks from their town that yeah. is, uh, and, and, and these are your friends here in San Francisco and LA. These, we're not talking about uh, a town you never heard of in a place you never heard of. This is you. And uh, we have to uh, bond together spiritually, physically, any way we can to encourage um, ourselves and to, uh, to, to tell the world that war is not the answer. 
You know, Judaism believes that the way to the way forward is always with peace and peace takes, you know, all elements. So uh, bring in your money element and your prayer element and your Psalms element. And more importantly, you know, I hope anybody listening here is inspired to take it personal and try to do something in their day to make it make it beautiful. Friday night, we had a beautiful meal here. My first meal in all since two years with a crowd of people and the, conversa- and the crowd was entirely <laughs> about this. It was like, can we really do something? besides sending a few bucks, like, what is it? And somebody brought up the Tikva, you know, orphanage that you mentioned. And I brought up like different camps over there and things that so many, so many, uh, the people there are still building, they're still building their country. And as Jews, I think we should take special pride in, in having Jews front and center in this uh, opportunity to build a nation uh, as identity and to be strong and persevere. So I just, uh, whatever my blessings worth, I bless you to, 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 to see your family again soon and in health and in wellness and your communities. And, uh, and I hope you uh, take so much pride in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, in, in the national uh, pride of being Ukrainian and a Jewish Ukrainian uh, at that. What an amazing thing. Thank you. Yeah, it's been like uh, a lot of waves of just like fear and despair changing with hope and uh, action and uh, just like focus. Uh, so yeah, I hope like right now it looks like whatever Putin was aiming for to take over Ukraine in one day, it did not go by his plan. Uh, so the scary part is about him uh, turning it into like, oh, these other countries are aggress- like speaking aggressively of me. Let me pull out my nuclear uh, weapons and like do stuff to the rest of the world. So it's, I think we now experience what was happening during the Cold War, but it's way more emphasized because of how fast the social media works. And if you ask me, aside from like money and prayer, one of the things is information and dialogue and making like an effort to talk to people who maybe did not do their homework of researching and they um, feed into Putin's propaganda about it's not that simple, Putin is protecting Uh, poor Russian-speaking Ukrainians, it's very important that people understand that it's like, it's not that anymore. Maybe if there was some place for speculation before, right now there's no space for speculation. And I think the benefit of us being in 21st century, we already see how fast the world responded it was like it it has never been as fast as it's happening right now of course we wish for more there's always place for more support but i mean switzerland blocked the accounts of russian billionaires never happened switzerland never if she was like the the country was neutral during hitler germany and uh, this is i think one of the um improvements comparing to what was happening before and like one you know one of the problems during world war ii was that the rest of the world did not believe and right now it's very hard it's still possible because of the information war but right now it's very hard to not get that information and to just miss it by chance and keep the 
a life that you were leading. Everyone is on on this. Wow. Well, I don't want to keep you any longer, but I just want to thank you uh, on behalf of Miriam, our community, uh, for uh, sharing and being um, open to come on and talk about this. It's uh, it takes braves, it takes emotions, and you're a mama. You've got you've got a, a bright future ahead, and I bless you that that should be the case for 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 us as a whole and the humanity as a whole. We really want to move forward to this dream of. Uh, Mashiach, utopia, peace, the types of things that really motivate a society are not war, ultimately, they're harmony, they're, I'll show you what we do here, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to contribute. So I hope that that's what they elicits here from, uh, for people to do something today. I put on my Tzivos uh, Hashem cap and shirt. This is uh, the army of Hashem <laughs> that, uh, you know, we want armies to turn from being defense and oppressive regimes to armies being essentially uh, uh, mobilized to go bring to go bring goodness to people and help after natural disasters and re rebuild infrastructures. And armies should just be synonymous with quick responses to tragedy. That's what they should be synonymous yes. with. So that begins with seeing yourself as the new army, the army of Hashem, to really be blessing to the world. So uh, um, just really uh, thanks again for coming on and uh, wishing you so much love. Thank you, Paris. means a lot. Okay, thank you guys for tuning in. I'm going to have some links uh, on the bottom of the episode and uh, please reach out if you have any other questions and I'll relay them to Alona and get answers for you soon. Thank you, Alona, for coming on. Thank you.